What's up, homie? Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is centered around pornography and pornography addiction, chronic masturbation, a topic a number of clients of mine have struggled with and currently do struggle with. And it's it's so pervasive in our society that it really dampens and limits the creative potential of individuals because that life force, that energy is being squandered and wasted away rather than being used and utilized and and having it fuel a creative and constructive and positive endeavor. So this is a, a really important problem men and young men find themselves in in modern times, and it's something that I wanted to tackle and to address to shed some light on. Now, I want to give you an image to hold in your mind, and it's an image of the structure of the psyche. So I think it'll be helpful to illustrate my next point. And so imagine imagine a character on stage in a play. Now, this character is playing a role, and so are the other characters in this play. And they're going about their typical routine, their their typical, they have a script that they're following along, and they've practiced and rehearsed and are now implementing on stage with an audience watching. Now, behind the stage are directors or a director and a number of supporting figures that help the director guide the character on the play so that he knows what to do next, where to go next, and what he shouldn't do next, and so forth. Now, this, this is a metaphor for our psyche. Character in the play you can think of as the ego, and the director behind the scenes you can think of as, as the self, capital S self, or as Eckhart Tolle calls the deep I. This is also, depending on who you ask, this can be considered the Christ within you, or the Brahman within you, or any number of pointers pointing at the same thing. Now, the supporting members behind the scenes help the director enact his will, you can think of as the instincts. And there's an additional character here. When the character in the play is performing his role, there's a part of this character that the character himself is unaware of. Now, this part of the character shows up unintentionally at times. Maybe the character on the play says a line that others recoil to or react to strongly, and so he learns not to say things that way and to say, to say that line differently or to communicate that point a different way. That part of the character we can call and is called the shadow. And I'll say more about the shadow in a moment. Now, there are other characters behind the scenes here, and we can call these archetypes. These archetypes exist in the unconscious and in the collective unconscious. Now, there are four main archetypes. 
One is the shadow. One is the self. Another is the anima. And the last one, the last main archetype is the animus. And these archetypes are multifaceted, multidimensional. You can't really see them manifest before you. What you see are fragments and components of each one. So let me give you an example of one of these. Well, imagine yourself as just a little fly buzzing around, minding its own business, just flying around with a bunch of other flies around, and, and you as the fly are just going around looking for food, trying to meet your basic needs, listening to your instincts, letting them guide you, and searching for food and watching what the where the other flies are going, looking for a mate. And I mean, just imagine one of these flies going into this dark, cavernous area, a cave. They're all buzzing around, flying into this cave. And so, and so the fly says, well, everyone's going there. I might as well go there too. Maybe there's some food. Maybe there's some mates I can mate with. Maybe I can discharge my instincts. And, and so it goes around thinking that that's a good way to go down. And so as the fly approaches the cave, it begins to hear a whisper coming from within the cave saying, come closer, closer, little one. And so the fly gets a little freaked out, but it's, it's got to listen to its instincts. And so it goes in into the cave against, against its better judgment, against its conscience. And he, it goes in and the cave is dark, damp, quiet. So the fly keeps buzzing around and suddenly it realizes that it's the only one buzzing. All of the other flies have stopped buzzing. It's just him alone now. And suddenly he gets stuck. He gets caught in a sticky, elaborate web where the more he struggles, the more vibrations he sends out, these vibrational shocks that emit from where he is outwardly toward the web around him. And from afar, he hears something large and something big moving, headed its direction. And as he looks up, he sees this giant black spider staring at him with all of its eight eyes moving toward him. And so the fly, the fly can't do anything but buzz. It's trying to get out. It's trying to free itself. But the more he struggles, the more the spider knows exactly where he is. So what does the spider do when it gets close? The spider stabs him in the chest with a hypodermic needle. She stabs him in the chest and injects poison that dissolves his insides. And then she slurps up his digested insides and sucks from within him the life force he has inside. And so this spider is a metaphor for, you can think of the spider living in an astral plane almost. You can think of the spider as, as a manifestation of an archetype, and the archetype here being something like the devouring mother. And this archetype has grown so powerfully that she's been recreated in the physical world. In this physical plane, she has become manifest through the form of the internet, the world wide web as it's called. And so what does a spider out in the world want? It wants primarily to like any other animal or insect, it wants primarily to reproduce. But what happens to an animal 
when, or an, or an insect in this case, when its need for reproduction is no longer important. It's already met. It's it's not of consequence to that animal or insect. Well, its only job left is to consume. It's to eat. And so this digital spider, the spider that exists in the astral plane and has been concretized in the physical world, feeds off of the libido of men by having men watch porn, by having them willingly give their life force over to her through cooming. And so the spider in return gives these individuals infinite distraction, instant pleasure, cheap dopamine, and as much of it as they want, as long as they continue to, quote, feed her with their life force, with their libido. So rather than diverting this powerful energy within you through a creative endeavor, the spider hypnotizes it. It's almost like it puts you in a trance to willingly give over your libido to her in exchange for free distraction, in exchange for instant gratification, in exchange for pleasure. And so she grows stronger. The more distraction is created, the more porn is created, the more willing victims feed her their life force, the stronger and stronger she grows. I mean, and we see this. Porn is an enormous enormous industry and it's only gotten stronger and bigger over time and and it's an example of exactly that the the eatable mother that's in the minds of so many people where wherein it's it's grown so powerful that it actually has become people have actually recreated it in the real world and profit off of it of course but but the that type of energy of that type of of thumos is there regarding the devouring mother. And, and so that's what men are up against here. That's, that is what they're facing. That's what they're struggling with and attempting to overcome. They're attempting to overcome the witch from Hansel and Gretel who, who just feeds you, feeds you, makes you comfortable, makes you, feel, makes you feel good, only to fatten you up and devour you in the end. Now, for those of you who are thinking of quitting or are trying to quit pornography, masturbation, or dealing with porn addictions, or anything along those lines, it's, I'm, I'm sure you've tested this yourself in your own life, it isn't easy to quit cold turkey. And, and it, I, I actually wouldn't even recommend that. It's, it's actually quite difficult for a number of reasons. Because the pornography addiction and the chronic masturbation and all of that are really symptoms of deeper underlying problems. You know, it becomes a problem in and of itself, but it's, it's always a response to something that was there beforehand. And so what is a good idea is to look within yourself and to investigate the part of you that you generally try to avoid thinking about, the things within yourself that you either actively either consciously or unconsciously try to repress it's through it's through here that the character on the play truly frees himself from the spider's web it's as if this the second hidden character the shadow of the character on the play gives this character on the play a sword to cut through the spider's web and to free himself from the trappings of the spider 
and to free himself from constantly being lured into the spider's cave in the first place. Now, if this type of work interests you, go to my website and reach out to schedule a free consultation. This is the type of work I do with clients. It's as if you first need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired for you to uh, actually want to do this type of work. Shadow work is not easy, but it is liberating. It is freeing on the other side of it. So if this interests you at all, if, if you struggle with pornography, masturbation, with cooming addictions, with any of this kind of stuff, reach out, set up a free consultation call. And until next time, stay free. Bye-bye.